Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. Oh my god, hello! Hello, it's Sophie and Sophie sitting in the same room for the first time since 2020. It is so strange to be staring into your eyes instead of into space like I normally do. When we have caught up in person a lot. But yeah, not in this context of recording this beautiful podcast for you. I know. It's been two whole years. What the fuck? What happened? Let's not talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? I'm back from holidays. Uh, Sorry if this feels weird for everyone because we pre-recorded a bunch of episodes before I left and boom, now I'm back. Um, (laughs) Had a swell time. European summer. What a concept. What a smug concept. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely lived up to all expectations, and uh, thanks for following along at home. Uh, though it's subsequently like completely fucked up Ned's sleep since being back, and he's been waking in the night asking for one more song, one more <laughs> song, and yeah, that's a real uh, shock to the system. And I've had to dig deep into my song bank, which in the middle of the night includes just Elton John's Rocket Man and Good King Wenceslas. So. <laughs> That's it. That's all I have at that time of night. That's a, I mean, it's a diverse range. It's all I know. I know all the words to Cooking Wenceslas. I've, I've figured out. Um, but yeah, it's it's okay. We're getting through it. It's a phase. Everything's a phase, Sophie. Yeah. Everything's a phase. <laughs> How are you? Oh, you know, well, I've started cohabitating with my boyfriend, which has been great. Uh, we're house-sitting and cat-sitting. Turns out we might like cats. We've never realised this. We thought we were dog people. It's really fun having a cat. They're very low maintenance. That's the title of your next memoir. <laughs> might love cats. <laughs> <laughs> I might just like Herman, this particular cat, because he's very cuddly and purrs a lot and just, like, nestles into you next mm, to the couch. I love cats. Yeah. Shocked me. Didn't know. Um, also, it turns out I really like my boyfriend, which is great. Oh, bit worried. Was like, we're gonna kill each other. You know, it's stuck in it. We've had the COVID isolation period. We've run distances. I successfully completed the five-kilometer run that I mentioned. Proud. Uh, a couple of episodes ago, I didn't die. Wanted to die. <laughs> Did not enjoy the last kilometer at all. Personal best. Uh, yes, in that I ran five kilometers. Yay! Well done! <laughs> um, also, it was the first time I've ever watched a marathon, and my friend Imogen, who's also a listener of the podcast, was like, be warned, like, it's quite emotional to watch. Like, it gets we- you get weirdly, like, into watching all these people run a race. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Like, I've heard so much about this marathon from my boyfriend. Like, I don't care. And then I was watching it, and it was actually really amazing. Like, I saw this woman probably in her like late 40s she's like running along and her two sons were on their bikes riding along the path they were like eight or ten and they were like keep going mom you've trained for this and one's like no netflix if you don't keep running (laughs) i was like oh this is actually really cute it's really nice to go up there it's nice to do a thing i didn't think i could complete my family is teasing me about being into running now as is their want so yeah it's been you know it's been a good month you you become one of those people the running people i can feel it i'm not i'm not spiritually you talked to me about endorphins tonight you're becoming one of them fuck i did (laughs) talk about endorphins i promise you guys will never have to hear about it again this is it we're done i will not do the city to surf i will not run a half marathon 5ks and it we're out lies all right are we ready are we ready for what we've been eating or drinking eats drinks eats drinks kick us off 
Okay, so eat. It's actually a drink. And honestly, I feel like this is the 50th time we've mentioned martinis on the podcast this season, but... (laughs) They are the mood, they are the moment. I mean, everyone's just joined us there, I think. It's okay. There's a new bar in Newtown in Sydney, which is dedicated to the martini. Dedicated to it. It's all about the martini at Bar Planet. Same team from Tio's Tequila Bar in Surrey Hills and Cantina OK, which is in the city. It's like a little micro mezcal bar, which is a world-class bar. Bar Planet is all about this beautiful drink and it's absolutely tiny. Only Australian spirits are used, which is really cool. And there's no food except for little free bags of popcorn, same Mm. as what you can get at Tio's, which is fine. That's delicious. You walk in and you're greeted at the door by someone who kind of runs you through the menu straight up, which I really like. You're kind of greeted and you're like, this is how it all works. They they write on the docket what the special is at the top. And if you don't like martinis, you can still go because you're bound to love the Scorpino. What is a Scorpino? So it's like a cocktail, which is a fruit sorbet Mm -hmm. shaken with vodka and Prosecco. (laughs) So it's like this frothy ice cream dessert, (laughs) which does not taste alcoholic at all. The sorbets are really cool. They've done like Cafe Passy's carrot sorbet, which they have in one of their desserts there. Plum, apple, all kind of sorts of flavors. And yeah, it's just this frothy deliciousness. But the house martini is excellent. It's spritzed with lemon as it's poured from a height out of this thing called a peron, which is a kind of traditional glass vessel used in Spain for pouring wine. And it's got this like really long, thin spout. You know what? You've drunk wine directly into your mouth from one of these. I've drunk terrible, (laughs) terrible cocktails from a very cheap bar when I was in Spain. We got very drunk. But yes, it's great for pouring. It's a very good pouring It's very fun. It's like this long, (laughs) thin stream of liquid that just delves into this martini glass completely overfloweth. Yeah, you can order the martini however you like. You can order it as a Gibson, as mentioned on previous episodes of Highly Enthused. You can order it with a twist, with soda, with 10 olives if you want. Uh, They even have a cute little mouthful martini, which is like a little shot to sip if you're not into the whole full size, adult size. It's a little, uh, dare I say, kid size. (laughs) No kids should drink martinis. It's really retro. They've got this cool, spacey mosaic bar made from this by this local artist, which is awesome. There are booths and there's high top seating. It's honestly just, I think they made it for me. I think they made this bar for me and I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful for Bar Planet to making, for making me my ideal bar. It is dangerous because as always with martinis, you have one and it just sets you up to really want a second one. And then the second martini is where the danger happens. Yeah, that's when you need to drink a margarita seltzer. Which they also have. <laughs> yes, just a little palate cleanser between the pure booze with the almost pure booze. <laughs> what about you? What have you been eating? Well, look, it has been... Um, I've spent a lot of time at home lately and it's been quite cold. And the place where we're house-sitting has like a really old-school Breville jaffle maker. Oh, where they crimp the edges? Yeah, where it like <gasps> seals it up. So for any non-Australian listeners, I know there's a few of you, a jaffle is a particular kind of toasty like a toasted sandwich but where you like use heat to seal the edges of the bread together so that the insides get all molten um, and gooey and they're all kind of contained it's it's different to just like a grilled cheese it is its own beautiful thing Mm -hmm. so I've basically been living 
on cheddar and kimchi toasted sandwiches. Oh, the best. Oh my God. I like had heard of them before, but I just sort of made one on a whim one day. I'd been using just like tomato relish, a very acceptable toasty accompaniment. However, something about, we had this like tub of kimchi and I was like, oh, that, that sounds like it could be good. I'm going to do this. And look, you don't need a recipe for this, but I am going to link you to two recipes. I've got a very basic version and then I've got like an Adam Liao, like deluxe version, but I'm just going to talk you through it because it's about two steps. So you want to get some bread, whatever kind of fits in your jaffa maker. I would say don't use sourdough here, No. but at an absolute pinch if you've got some structurally sound sourdough, I will allow it. But you want like a like a sandwich bread, like a square loaf, something with a bit of softness to it, some sugar in there maybe so it gets a nice crackly outer crumb. You want to lather the outside in mayo. I don't want butter. I mean, you can do butter, but it's cold right now. It's going to tear the bread. Just use mayo. It's going to get you that nice shiny golden consistency that you're always looking for. And then you just want to shave in layers and layers of just like tasty cheddar cheese, like just the stuff you get in a big block at the supermarket. It yep. does not need to be fancy. Do not use your fancy cheddar for this. Use the kind of slightly bland but delicious cheddar, the one that you put on a sandwich. And then just be real generous and top it with your favorite brand of kimchi. You can be generous. I like didn't do a lot the first time. I was like, maybe this will be too much. But then the next time I was like, nah layer it in, go all out. The only thing you want to do, and I don't know if I'm going to explain this properly, but if you've got long pieces of kimchi, I would chop them. You just don't want it to be like the mm. whole lengthways part of the bread. Cause then when you're trying to slice the jaffel, it's going to tear. You kind of want to arrange it so that there's a logical place for where the like jaffel is going to like be split into two parts. Smart. I would not yeah. think about that usually. Learned that the hard way, you just lose half the gooey, delicious filling. So that's my only tip, my top tip. And then you just like throw it in the jaffle maker, ignore the little symbol that says whether it's ready or not. You have to use your smell, your ears, you have to listen to the like crackling sound and you need to use your eyes. So you pull it open and when the outside is like burnished and like hard and kind of like crackly because all of the like mayo has gone all caramelized and delicious. And if any of the cheese has kind of pulled out and gone like grilled, like really crinkly and hard. Oh my God, gets, you're making me so hungry. I know, because they're the best thing in the world. They're, perfect, they're a perfect food. That's when you know it's ready. And like something about the cheese, like the bland, salty cheesiness, like mellows out the kimchi. So it's not like just a too much of an assault. Because like straight kimchi from a jar can be like pretty pungent. But then the kimchi just like elevates this toasty to a whole new level it's so good yeah and the texture's really good like you got a little bit of crunch from mm. it and there's a bit of acid in there mm. like if you would get a relish but then there's that real funky umami from the like fermented and it's like this is good for me mm. it's fermented it's a superfood in my otherwise child appropriate meal <laughs> i've been eating like a toddler <laughs> so that is kimchi toasties i will link to some recipes you don't really need one just get creative report back yum read watch listen what have you got yes so i have a book recommendation um getting some great feedback for having so many books in our podcast lately so here's <laughs> another one i read this novel while on holiday in france it's called sunbathing by isabel beach i've seen this on instagram a lot yeah it was just spellbinding it's a debut novel by yeah isabel who's a young melbourne writer there's a trigger warning. It does deal with suicide um, and quite heavy grief, uh, but it's also set in rural Italy. So mm. there's yeah. a nice, <laughs> there's a nice balance going on there. 
from the trauma to the beautiful landscape. Um, so the main character escapes from Melbourne, from Australia, to stay with friends after this traumatic event. And it becomes this real healing place. It's the hills and the garden and her friends and their relationship as they work towards getting married in the weeks after she arrives. And it's just this really unforced, beautiful, gentle way of kind of healing, for want of a better word. I think a lot of the time, and obviously you would understand this a lot more than me, you know, going through what you've gone through. But in what I've read a lot about grief is that sometimes it's dealt with, especially novels, in a way that's a bit like epiphanous or there's this clear like clouds parting moment and it really isn't like that here it's like a little bit more messy it's quiet and gentle and beautiful and quite introspective and and quite sad (laughs) I'm not gonna say it's not sad but it'll just have you longing for Italy and Europe and you know if you're not in Europe is hard to swallow but the escapism is great and Though it's a novel, I did some reading after I finished it and read that Isabel herself did experience um, the death of a parent through suicide and actually wrote this book about a year after that happened at a writer's residence in Italy. So uh, there are these truths to the story, which I didn't, I didn't realize, which, you know, gives it a lot of extra layers. And yeah, I'm just really impressed by this debut novel. Like it's her first one. I will absolutely read everything else that she, she writes. It's really impressive and yeah just a really tender a really tender book really makes you want to have a beautiful lush vegetable garden in the tills of fucking Tuscany or wherever they are it's heaven I mean but this, yeah this is another novel for you not a memoir well I know I was like oh wait it's based in truth I can't escape it I can't escape it but I went into it not thinking it was a memoir so it's fine it is it is a novel I've got another notch on my bedpost <laughs> What about you? What have you read, watched, or listened to? So I'm actually talking today about this movie. It came out, I think it might have even come out at the end of 2021, but I saw it in the cinema with my mum at the beginning of the year. This is a great movie to watch with your mum. It's the film Belfast, which was written and directed by Kenneth Branagh. Have you seen this or heard of this? My mum actually watched it on the plane and was like, it was amazing. classic mom and you're now a mom so you're in the demographic oh yeah um so it's directed as i said by kenneth branner and i think he actually wrote it during um during the first part of the pandemic he was kind of looking back um on his childhood in belfast as the name suggests in northern ireland in the late 1960s which is just when the troubles began to kick off so this is obviously the wave of violence um between protestant and catholics in northern ireland um and i like I just, I loved this movie. I didn't really know much about it going in. I just suggested we go to the film, go to a film and then we just pick this. We had two options, pick this one. And then I was like, holy shit, this is so good. The cast is amazing. It has Judy Dench and Jamie Dornan and Catherine Abalfi, who's from, she's an outlander as well. Oh yeah. She's so beautiful. She's just like one of those classic, like statuesque beauties. But the real star is the nine-year-old boy, Buddy, who is like Branagh's fictional stand-in. Like it's like he's kind of him as a kid. And so I don't know if I'm going to articulate this properly, but what I really loved about this film is it's like the first movie I've seen that felt like a memoir. Like everything about how it was made really showed you that it was like someone looking back on their life 
and it was through the eyes of how they remembered it. Like it felt like an adult looking back on his kid self, but only having a kid framework to sort of understand this experience that he went through. Mm -hmm. So it's quite violent. It's quite shocking. Like there's firebombing in their house, like in their street. There's a lot of violence. There's threats against his, um, his dad for not like taking a side. Like it's quite scary, but the character of, of Buddy is like so loved by his family and it's just like it's like you're seeing it through his eyes. So things that would otherwise be scary, like the rent collector coming by and he's he's like walking down the stairs to answer and his mum just like grabs him and like puts her hand over her mouth. It's like, shut up, I'm not here. <laughs> like which would be really kind of like, you know, could be very maudlin and like, oh, we never had enough money, but he just thinks it's like totally hilarious and a lark. Like he goes to school and he gets the cane, but all he cares about is this girl he has a crush on. So like you don't even really notice that he got cane. It's kind of funny. And everything about it just feels like you're seeing this experience through this kid who no matter how scary things were, he always felt safe because he was so held by this community. The relationship with his grandparents, who his grandmother's played by Judy Dench, is so funny and like warm. It's just you wanted to be in that world, even though it's going through this horrific and scary and radical change. It's just like everyone's framed with such love. It's like a really warm movie. I think part of the reason it feels like a memoir as well is it's in black and white. So it sort of has that distance um, that you don't get when it's, uh, you know, in color. But even just the way it's filmed and framed, you feel like it's there's a narrative voice in all of those choices, if that makes sense. There's this one scene towards the end and so Jamie Dornan and Katrina Balfi are like the most beautiful, glamorous couple. Like they have such sex appeal and like so much charisma. And then I read an interview with um, Branner where he was like, you know, they came as close as as I could get to depicting how glamorous and amazing my parents really were. Like they just like lit up every room they were in. And there's this scene at the end where her dad is like singing and performing everlasting love. Um, and his mum's dancing and then the two of them are dancing together and it like flashes, like everyone in the hall is watching them dance. And then it cuts to his buddy's face, like watching them like starry eyed. And it feels like you're seeing the moment that memory was formed. I don't know. It's just beautiful. It's just like, I like, tearing up thinking about it like was watching it just like weeping my mum and I like it's so beautiful and it's like really sad but it's gorgeous it's just like a really human film somehow and about how like even when things are terrible life can be okay like if you've got like a you know that relationship around you it's Mm. it's so good I feel like it just like kind of flew under the radar a little bit so I wanted to like bring it up obviously not in the cinemas anymore but I think you can watch it on iTunes and YouTube It's definitely like a really good Friday night film if you need to watch something with your parents or just by yourself. I'm definitely going to watch that. I think you'll really like it. I think you'll really like it. It's just like a good story. Yeah. Love that. Thanks. (sighs) Pleasure. (laughs) Well, do or buy, should I tell you what what I've done? I haven't done anything, but I bought stuff. You've been eating anchovies and clams <laughs> and lying on European beaches, but what else have you been doing or buying? Okay, game changing recommendation here, everyone. <laughs> Prescription sunglasses. Whoa! You don't wear glasses, do you? I don't, but you I have should. perfect eyesight. No, I have an astigmatism, but every time I try to get glasses, they tell me I don't need them and I get a bit sad. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've just been battling it away like squinting through my sunglasses despite having needing to wear glasses like all the time and wow yeah prescription sunglasses have changed my life (laughs) 
I got them on a bit of a whim because Bailey Nelson, where I get my normal glasses, were having like a two to one, two for one sale. So I got a normal pair of glasses. I was like, you know, I could go another pair of sunglasses actually. And wow, the world is my oyster. <laughs> I was just like, oh, I, I can see the beach. <laughs> I can see the things at the market, on the stall. I can see where I'm bike riding. I can see so much more stuff than I could see before. I feel like a really late to the party thing, obviously. I feel like everyone's going to be rolling their their prescription sunglassed eyes at me um, when they're listening to this, but I'm just really happy about it. No, I think you've truly become an adult now because I feel like that's the kind of thing, like you grab your aunt's sunglasses and put them on and be like, I can't see. And like it's prescription but you know that's you've just ascended into adulthood well i don't know if like you know you just buy designer sunnies and then that's it you don't i don't because i lose sunglasses well same yeah <laughs> like i you know you don't you just buy cool sunnies because of what they look like you don't buy them for functionality <laughs> like i didn't and and i don't know if you can get cool designer sunnies converted maybe you can but it probably costs heaps yeah but you know now there's these companies that actually make good looking sunnies <laughs> that are probably just ripoffs of designer ones let's be honest so yeah just if you're battling away like me and you're like it's fine i can see i can really see you can't you can't see <laughs> and it's unsafe so you should get prescription sunnies treat yourself case closed case closed <laughs> done <laughs> argument ended what about you all right, this is a bit of a funny one, but um, I have been drinking lots of coffee at home, you know, working from home life, and I, you know, love a standard stovetop mocha pot, the little Italian silver, like, hourglass ones, just throw your espresso in, put it on the stove, it's great. I literally have about five in different sizes, all currently in storage. As I know, because I helped you move, and I was like, do we need... Yeah. five of these and the answer was obviously <laughs> yes including the one that makes 20 cups because i tell you you go on a camping trip and you pull out one of those and you are the most popular person at the campground you will make friends with everyone i believe you anyway that's not what i'm recommending though that is a standing recommendation um what i am here to advocate for to brighten up your day purchase the bialetti mocha alpina 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 mate <laughs> So this is the exact same thing as the stovetop pots. It makes three cups, which is sort of enough for two people. But instead of that, just classic, simple silver hourglass, this is bright green and looks like it's wearing a little feathered cap. Cute. <laughs> want it. <laughs> it looks like it is in Lederhosen. Uh, it is just like the jauntiest possible way to make yourself a cup of coffee. I have inherited it staying at this house, but I posted it on my Instagram like... Yeah, you're nodding, you're looking at it. It's the happiest, stupidest thing you've ever why? seen. Why? Like, why do they have that little thing on there? It's a little feather. It wobbles when the coffee's ready. Oh, when it's ready, it wobbles. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it. This is the little feather in the cap, literally. Um, look, it is so silly. I posted it on my Instagram story, and so many people were like, what is that? So I know it resonated with a certain cohort, so I'm here to tell you to get one. Make your life more jaunty it's so cute it is so cute it's so silly but it will truly improve your mood especially if you're like i can't afford to buy coffee out anymore because it's now like six dollars for a coffee you can just make one at home and it'll be just as happy that is a new revelation i'm just like you know what i'm gonna save that fucking five dollars i'm gonna make my coffee at home (laughs) and it feels good it does feel good (laughs) three dollars you're like whatever i'll treat myself it's not like that anymore so that is the Bialetti Mocha Alpina. It will make your mornings bright. I do recommend. Does it come in other colors? Ooh, I think it comes in like a 
like a lime green, oh but God. it doesn't have the hat cap. Well, look, you want the cap. It's the feather that really makes it. It's the feather. <laughs> wow. That, what, a, what an awesome and random recommendation. Excellent. It's my special sweet spot. All right. What time is it? It's the fast five. Fast five. Yay. Our singing has not improved in person. <laughs> <laughs> okay, kick us off. What are your five? Okay, number one is a brand of luggage called July. Mm. I've never had like a luggage set, you know, where it like matches and whatever. <laughs> a set. <laughs> yeah, people that travel with sets, I'm like, cool, you're a baller. Yeah. Like, that's cool. I've just owned like really random stuff that I got from free for free at like press events. <laughs> like nothing good. Um, I'd also never had hard luggage, mm. like hard shell. You know, which is actually quite good because it can really withstand whatever like wallops the airline throws at your like delicious olive oil that you're trying to bring back yeah. from France um, <laughs> or the jam or the four packets of Nutella biscuits, um, which are all still intact. Thank yeah. God. We bought a set of three before our trip recently, and it's an Australian company. I think it's been modeled off that US company away. It's yeah. extremely similar. So kind of pretty standard, you know, sizes and stuff, but they come in awesome colors. We got the kind of really dark forest green. It has cool quirks like the carry-on size has a charging station inside mm-hmm. of it, which is awesome. It comes with little laundry bags in there. It all like zips up really neatly and it comes with like a compressor thing so you can like compress it all down. You're nodding like this is old news. <laughs> I feel like it's a new revelation for no, me. I just, I'm just nodding because it's great. I have a little away one. and it. Oh, you have an away one? Yeah. yeah. I've had it for a while and it's just the best. Yeah, I've been coveting them. Good. I'm like, oh, away looks so cool. But then I discovered there's an Australian made one. Well, I don't know if Australian made, but it's an Australian company. Yeah, you can get like them embossed with your name your initials emojis if you want which is weird but go for it um yeah it's really good loved it they definitely got like banged up from the plane on on the first leg i was like wow these are really scratched but oh well (laughs) they still look better than my old ones so that is july luggage the next one is a film called the fallout which is available on so many places binge youtube amazon prime you can rent it It's a really kind of a gender setting Gen Z film that is really, really quite heavy hitting. It tells of the experience of school shootings in the US, which is obviously extremely continuingly prevalent issue and a devastating one. It's quite, it's got that euphoria-esque element where, you know, the teens are very cool and free and open and very true to what I think the Gen Gen Z experience is like. But this is a very painful documentation of the experience of this generation attending school in the US, which is, you know, fucking terrifying. Mm. Like, and for parents as well, like sending their kids to these schools. So it's the story of two girls' experience in going through this and the kind of bond that they forged while they were hiding in a toilet together while this is all happening around them. You don't actually see any of the shooting or anything like that. You just see them hiding and that how that impacts them and affects them and the kind of ripple effect Mm. of that experience. Yeah, it's hard to watch, but it's awesome. And I think if you like those stories that are coming out now about about Gen Z, yeah, definitely watch it. If you liked Euphoria, you'd probably like this. But yeah, if it's pretty triggering if um, gun crime is not your thing. Uh, number three is Dolly Alderton's memoir, Everything I Know About Love, which was made into a show on Stan. 
um, which is so good. So good. So nostalgic. I know that's kind of Dolly's shtick. I love it. Many people our age, you know, like mid mid thirties really be cringing and laughing along with this show because there are so many harks back to like share house living, early career life, like post uni, like love life shambles, like ultimately the complex friendships, which is really what the heart of this story is. And like, as those really, really tight knit friendships, which, you know, started at school and then you, you're at uni together and then you're post uni and you're like forging your new lives together and how that really changes the dynamic of relationships between friends. And, you know, the lens which Dolly looks at this experience is clearly one of privilege and not everyone had this hedonistic, <laughs> drink it all, spend it all experience of early adulthood. But for this particular slice of, of people, it's a, I think, brilliantly realized show like I loved it oh my god the outfits were so accurate and I also feel like the amount of time they spent learning choreographed dances was <laughs> yeah. also really accurate having lived in an all-girl share house we definitely tried to learn like a lot of Beyonce's dance routine <laughs> yeah and like all having your show that you all watch together you're yeah. like sorry we're just all ready to sit down and watch our show like yeah. together as a little family I love yeah. that yeah, it's it's frustrating and chaotic and painful and lovely. I loved it. I binged it in like one go. So, so, so good. Really good. Uh, number four is a podcast by the Women's Network Future Women called the Future Women Leadership Series. And it's hosted by the Future Women's founder, um, who's a former editor, Helen McCabe. And it's interviews with women in business about kind of like what I really like about it is like little issues. It's not mm. these, I mean, they are big issues, but it's kind of like little obstacles that you deal with as a woman in the workplace, like how to work with a friend, like mm. how to start a business with a friend, how to tackle workplace bullying, how to deal with big egos as a woman working, you know, in a male field. It's really ex insightful and interesting. And there's a real cross genre in business as well. Like they've got media then they've got like startup fitness people and they've got all kinds of people and it's just a really great podcast if you like reading about women in business and work and that kind of thing so that's the future women leadership series podcast and my last one is one of the tips which i included in our my newsletter that i sent last month which if you're not a paid subscriber you wouldn't have received but here's a free bit anyway it's called the plane pal so obviously I, I expressed my fears about traveling on a 24 hour flight with a 18 month old. And this was one of the things that really helped. I didn't buy it. I borrowed it off a friend or off of my cousin. It's like an inflatable square. Mm -hmm. So it comes with a pump. You wait till the seatbelt sign goes off and then you're like, hold the kid. And you go <laughs> and pump this thing. And everyone's like turning around seeing what the fuck you're doing. And you pump it up to be, yeah, this big inflatable, like, hard cushion that you put between the seat and the seat in front so your little kid can stretch out their legs they can sleep flat they can not it kind of stops them from getting on the floor like playing in like that gross floor plane space and it kind of creates this big flat play area as well so they can like roll around jump around be annoying for 24 hours not on the floor pretty much um oh my god if we didn't have it i would not know what we would have done so it was really really helpful you can get it like with a pump without a pump there are a whole bump, bunch of different like kits that you can buy but yeah really really good recommendation i think that was from a listener from my question that i put out a while ago so thank you the plain pal is essential 
I mean, what I kind you? of want a plain pal. I want my legs flat. I know. Well, it says that. It's like, or for adults. I'm like, hmm, yeah. If you had three all in a row, like that's you could just, lap. yeah, that's a double bed. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? What's your fast babe? All right. So number one is my current favorite website to while away an hour of reading and daydreaming. This is a niche of yours. Yes. Like daydreaming holiday websites. Yes. Love. It's my favorite thing to do. If you've got a holiday you're trying to plan, call me. I will plan it for you. <laughs> um, so the website is called Italy Segreta, which I think is like secret Italy. Um, it feels like it belongs to the internet of the 2010s. You know, when people had really in-depth blogs and there'd be like amazing travel magazines and mm-hmm. just pages and pages of wonderful articles and stories um, about Italy. It's like the travel magazine you've always been looking for. I actually found it, I think, through their Instagram account. Someone, like, they have a really great Instagram account, which is, again, great daydream fodder. Um, But now I just go straight to the source. It's just, like, a really good mix of, like, little city guides where they'll interview people and they'll give you, like, a few of their favourite places. Really lovely essays, um, articles, and just it's just a really great source if you're looking for ideas or inspiration, if you're you're going to that wonderful country that so many of us are going to. And there's also a really useful way you can, like, filter based on region and just see, like, all the content they have um, about it. It's culture writing, um, personal essays and memoir, and also just like more sort of straightforward like here's some really good places to eat um so that's italy segreta um they also have a newsletter as everyone does so you can sign up for that there or just visit their website number two is this australian brand of handbags that i am currently obsessed with that i stumbled across via the instagram account of sally tabs who's one of our melbourne guide contributors so they're very reminiscent of those very chic Palarosa bags yes. that are incredibly expensive. <laughs> Got an arm and a leg and are always sold out. But their eco collection is all made from recycled discarded plastics. Hmm. But they're way cheaper than Palarosa. Like they're yeah. not exactly the same, but very similar vibe. They come in like really great colors, like dusty pistachios and beiges and like black, um, lots of different sizes from like big market totes to shoppers to really mini ones. I'm currently eyeing off the Eco Tote in Amaretti, which is this really cute, like, mocha and white check. Love it. But they're just, like, super practical, really durable. Um, I think I'm going to buy one before I go away so I can just, like, have it to shove in the bottom of my suitcase and just throw things in when I want to go to the beach or, you know, go to the markets. So that's Mimi Terra. It's Australian-based as well, which is great. That's so cool. Yeah, aren't they nice? And they're recycled plastic. That's awesome. Yeah, so it sort of, like, ticks so many boxes. Number three is a book that I downloaded to read yesterday when I was stuck at the airport for a few hours and I downloaded it because it was like $1.99 because it's a classic. So it's The Tenant of Wildfell Hall by Anne Bronte. Mm. So she's one of the, she's the least famous of the Bronte sisters. So you've probably read Emily and Charlotte Bronte's work. Um, I've definitely, you know, read Jane Eyre and Wuthering Heights, but I'd never read any by Anne and like, it's really fun very easy to read like you know how a lot of classics you have to kind of really like concentrate to get in this is not like that at all it's like some farmer's son literally like gossiping to a friend about this woman who moved to like the uh, huge house on the hill and she's a single woman with a young son and so it's all very scandalous and sort of intrigue and longing and like gossiping in the town and it's just really great cool like I find reading like classic books, books that are a few hundred years old. I love them because you realize that people haven't changed. 
no matter like how much technology has evolved like people are still people we're judgy little bitches <laughs> we all just want to gossip but it also just kind of slows your brain down it's you know the sentences are longer you do have to concentrate it's kind of a different pace of writing so I'm about halfway through it's really fun highly recommend it as always you can just get that from your library you can download it on your Kobo it's the tenant of Wildfell Hall. Number four, deep breath. As you know that we at Highly Enthused love a chilled red. Yes, we do. We do. We had a glass of a beautiful chilled rosé earlier. This is one of my favorites. It is the Puzza Libre red wine by a winemaker named Klaus Preisinger. I apologize if I've butchered every word in that <laughs> sentence. So he is an Austrian winemaker who actually also makes one of my absolute favorite white wines. Uh, but this is his sort of entry level fun table red wine. It's very fresh, very juicy. It's designed to be like drunk in summer with a chill, really good with pizza. But, you know, even on a cold winter's night, it's delicious. Uh, and I think it's a bit of an under the radar cult wine. Um, I, we've, I found it still available on a couple of websites, so I'll link that through, but um, just keep your eye out for that as well. So awesome. the Puzza Libre Red by Klaus Preisinger. And my final recommendation for this week is the Craft Talk newsletter. Have you heard of the American author Jamie Attenberg at all? Mm. She wrote the book St. Maisie. It was probably her most well-known one. Okay. Um, she's written like a lot of amazing novels, like four or five, I think, maybe more. She actually recently wrote a memoir. But this newsletter is all about the craft of writing um, and actually like the real life work of how to write whatever that might be, um, sort of like where inspiration comes from, how to build a writing routine, how to work through challenges or like build out characters. It's like very practical advice. It's not like the like writing about writing for the sake of it. It's like really like scenarios where she's had to like work through a plot problem or like figure something out. And it's funny because I often read the little summary and I'm like, oh yeah, this doesn't sound that interesting, but I always find something in it that's super inspirational or interesting. So if you're looking for a little inspiration on a project or, you know, you want to understand more, if you think I sometimes look at books and I'm like, how did you get made? <laughs> how did this happen? You were in someone's head and now you're a book. Like what are the steps between those two stages? Um, I find this really, really good to kind of get a glimpse into like how the sausage gets made, I guess you could say. Yeah. She also does a, um, it would have wrapped up by now. She also does a, a little project called a thousand words of summer. And it's like a 30 day project where you commit to writing a thousand words a day. And she sends a newsletter with encouragement the whole way through, yeah. which is really cool. That's awesome. Well. So yeah, so that's the craft talk newsletter, which is written by Jamie Attenberg. And that is my fast five. Oh, what a delight and a pleasure. Oh, it's just so nice to be breathing the same air as you. <laughs> the ultimate compliment you can give during a viral pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will risk it for you. Uh, thank you for joining us. You can sign up to our newsletter at highlyenthused.substack.com for every link to everything mentioned in this episode and every episode. And for just the low, low price of $5 a month, less than a coffee cost these days, you can subscribe for an extra newsletter a month on a theme you can follow us on instagram at highly enthused email us highly enthused at gmail.com and don't worry it won't be long until we're back in two weeks we'll see you then see you then bye, bye.